And happy Friday to all. You know what that means, right? Time for another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison. Hello, Adam. It's good to be with you on this Friday. And today, we are going to be profiling the spring 2015 uh, performance at Master Arts, which is the Beverly Hillbillies. As anyone who has listened to this podcast for any length of time knows, Master Arts is one of my favorite places in the world. So I like to profile these plays and get a chance to talk to the directors and people that are acting in the projects. And we have both here with us today, so I'm pretty excited to get started with this interview. But before we do that, let's hear our quote of the day, which comes from the Master Arts website. says, now strap down your rocking chair to the back of the truck. Clear your calendars for the Beverly Hillbillies. The lovable Clampett family rides onto the stage for an evening of hillbilly hilarity. Witness the wild discovery of oil, the improbable invasion of the High Fulton Beverly Hill Society, the absurd adventures, and the ridiculous romances. All right, and uh, I have the privilege at this point to welcome to the show um, the director of this uh, project, J.D. Gonzalez along with Gracie Shira and Nick Favreau, who are acting in this project as Ellie Mae Clampett and Jethro Bodine, respectively. Welcome to all three of you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right, well, um, I'm going to start this question. Um, each of you, can, you guys can decide who's going to answer it first. But I'd like to know how long you've been involved in theater and how you got involved in the first place. Um, I've been involved with Master Arts for just a little over a year now. Um, I started in the show It's a Wonderful Life, um, and I happen to just keep auditioning, and I'm very lucky to um, be a part of this production. I've had such a blast working at this theater. It's very wonderful. I personally have been involved for theater or with theater for many moons now since I was a young wee tot. And I've been involved with Master Arts more so than since 2011, where I first worked backstage for The Sound of Music and then gradually started doing shows in front of people. And I'm also part of the improv team since 2011, so I've been involved in that way. So I actually got a chance to be a part of Gracie and Nick's beginning at Master Arts because I was involved with The Sound of Music and It's a Wonderful Life. So just a random factoid from your host, J.D.? I started working at Master Arts in 1986, actually. Uh, they started out with a street theater, and it was one of their first troops that they put together. And so I did that for about three years, and then I moved away for a couple years, and then I came back and got involved actually in some theater and was a director for 23 years before coming back to Master Arts this last year getting involved back in the street theater, then they asked if I would do a little directorship for this spring production. All right. Well, I would like to ask this next question, and you can reach back before your Master Arts days if you'd like. Uh, what is your favorite show that you've been in? Actually, my favorite show I've ever done um, was my most recent show, which was Honk the Musical at Master Arts. Um, and it was just such a blast. Um, the cast ranges from age nine to age 60 and it was such a fun group of people and um, we got to do four weekends of performances and it's just a hilarious show we had a lot of laughs on stage and off stage and that's the kind of memories you love to make in the theater 
my favorite show would probably have to be one I did at GRCC called The Ladies' Man, where I played Etienne, who was a French butler. And I'll just leave it at that. I was a fantastic role, and I have been pushed harder in that role than I ever have before. So it made me discover new things about myself as an actor. I was involved in a production by Master Arts called Gideon. It was a two-person play. I played Gideon and involved an angel. I would have to say now, though, if I ever did the play again, I'd have to be the angel because I'm quite older now than when I first <laughs> did that production. But I always loved the message of that and the beauty of the, the message that came across. I don't know. The guy that plays Dennis Sanders for Master Arts has been playing Dennis for the last 20 years or so. He started when he was 17, and now he's somewhere in his mid-30s. So you never know what uh, Master Arts, or Pris in particular, is going to ask you to do. But uh, we'll see how that goes. If Gideon comes back, I would definitely be interested in it. All right. J.D., um, have you done some directing before this? What's your favorite directing moment for yourself? Well, as I alluded to before, I did 23 years of directing prior to this. And looking back, I would say that one of my favorite was a play by Neil Simons called Fools. I particularly liked it. I like thematic plays, to be honest with you. I kind of like plays with a little bit of zaniness to it. And Fools happens in a Russian village that has a curse upon it that everyone is, um, well, not quite bright, if you would. And I loved it because the play involves how the schoolmaster comes in, falls in love. What's not a good play without some romance? <laughs> falls in love with a, a village girl. And the story involves about, well, did he change or did the town change? And I really liked it. And it's placed in Russia. So I do love those things where things are a little bit challenging to pull off. Well, I definitely appreciate these insights, especially for those who may be out of the local area of Master Arts. Some of you may wonder why... I go back to um, these shows and because it's not particularly green content for the podcast. But I hope that by giving you these inside looks that there is some green content so you can go back and hear a little bit about what life in the theater is all about. Adam, do you have any thoughts or questions before we go any further? Um, I, I, I do as we're kind of, I guess, moving along here a little bit, but now you're back at master arts and you are directing the show Beverly Hillbilly, uh, Beverly Hillbillies. Uh, we, we'd love to hear more about that. Well, the actual play itself is based on the TV show. So those who are familiar with, they're going to find a lot of elements to it. The same characters, a lot of the, the humor that we've loved about it is going to be present in this particular play. It was authorized by the producers of the Beverly Hillbillies to do this particular production when it was written. Oh, wow. And so a lot of the elements are there. And what you'll find out about it is that it's based, this particular play, on the pilot and some little bit other characters that come in scattered between season one and season five. And they put them together. It, the story is, starts off with the familiar story of how the Clampets are in the back hills. There's an oil reserve. They get, of course, striking it rich in oil and are encouraged to move out to the Beverly Hillbillies to well, in a sense, make their lives a little bit better, particularly for, well, Ellie Mae. <laughs> and so it's a great story that gives us that backstory that we all know and love. And it talks, of course, about how they try to acclimate themselves to the wealthy people, the circle, if you would, in Beverly Hills. And, of course, all the, the comedy that can be associated with just such a thing. So, in general, it's a delightful way to get reacquainted to the characters that many of us remember from years ago. 
And to let you know, one of my favorite parts about this, there's a little bit of a, a con artist element that comes into it that kind of provides a little bit of the the conflict, if you would, to the story. And it's delightful to see how that plays out. All right, let's uh, get some input from the cast members that we have here with us. Uh, Nick, what has been one of your highlights so far as you rehearse and prepare to be Jethro Bodine? One of my highlights is probably that I'm surrounded by gorgeous women 90% of the time. Because in this show in particular, Jethro is quite the ladies' man. He may not totally understand why, but he is, and he just is having a great time while all these women want to be around him for different reasons, whether it be his strength, his intellect, or just because he's Jethro Bodine. And and you and you're okay with that? I can tell. I I can deal with it. I'll force myself. <laughs> what What about you, Gracie? What's it like being Ellie May? Uh, so far, Ellie May has been quite the acting challenge for me um, because. As most of us know, Ellie Mae is quite the tomboy, um, and I'm very much so the opposite. My director, the lovely JD, often reminds me that I look too much like a girl when I'm standing or talking or wrestling. (laughs) 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 Um, So it's been quite the challenge, um, but also a lot of fun to kind of get out of what I'm like and play somebody completely different from me. All right. And JD, do you have any particular highlights of directing this cast? Well, what's been interesting for me is the challenge to get the actors to not play these roles as caricatures, but to play them as characters. Because there's always that tendency sometimes in comedies to try and overplay them too much. And then the comedy is lost because, in a real sense, they are honest people, these characters, and we need to play them that way. And so it's been really interesting to work with the actors to try to let them be these characters without overblowing them too much so that the audience doesn't groan, but learns to kind of, if you will, have appreciation for them. Well, I'm really looking forward to this show. Uh, could one of you tell us um, what is the run of the show? When can we see it? Um, our first performance is April 16th, and we're running through May 2nd. Our shows are Thursday through Saturday at 7.30 p.m. with a Saturday matinee at 2 all right, and I will be um, at one of those last day performances. So by the time I get there, you guys will have it down pat and nail it. Uh, that, that, that's what I'm looking <laughs> forward to. So. <laughs> no, no pressure, <laughs> but that's what I'm looking forward the to. The accent has to be perfect by then. But for I do, I do love the Beverly Hillbillies, and I guess that is one of the things. One of the God, it has to be one of the challenges to r- run up against to be be portraying something that is so familiar to everybody. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, you're absolutely correct that when you do something like this, people come in with some preconceived notions of what these characters are, particularly maybe something exactly what they look like. And what we have to do is be able to let them have elements, traces of something that they remember, and yet bring something fresh and new to it so that the audience can actually and have a response with the characters or the actors that we actually have. So you're absolutely correct. And, and that happens you know, almost all the time in theater. You know, it's Sound of Music. We, you know, it's Wizard of Oz. By golly, Dorothy looks that way. She sounds that way. She has that blue and white dress. You know what I mean? It's one of those things you have to deal with. But I think what they'll find at Master Arts is that the actors are working very hard to make it their own and yet play a little homage to 
the characters that they remember. Awesome. Well, uh, Gracie, could you tell us how we can get tickets? Absolutely. Um, you can get tickets online at masterarts.org or call our phone number, um, which is Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 at 616-455-1001. All right. Well, it's been super fun to have you guys in the studio to talk about this. I have one final question for all of you, or should I say y'all? Because one of the <laughs> things that that uh, they say on the Beverly Hillbillies TV show um at the end of every episode, they always say, y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs> but anyway, I don't know if we'll hear that from the stage. But if each of you could take um, 45 seconds to tell me, in your words, why someone should come see this show. Oh, I get to go first. So, if you want to come see some comedy with some things that your parents or your grandparents may have been able to have imprinted in their memories so that they grew up on this basically. It's one of those shows that like Gilligan's Island or I Love Lucy that has that place in American culture where you just know it and when people talk about it people get excited and that's exactly what we're trying to convey through this show. We want to have a lot of fun while doing it. We want the audience to have fun. And we want to act like we're no, we know what we're doing, so it's up to you guys to come judge and tell us if we are. I agree. This is definitely a fun show to be at. Um, never a dull moment throughout the whole play. I think it's very well written, and I, if you want to come out for a night of laughter, I guarantee we will at least give you that because it is so much fun. Um, and while we're having fun, we hope that you're having fun. And um, like Nick said, it's so iconic in the American culture of the Beverly Hillbillies. And I think it's important that the younger generation keeps things like that going. And I certainly don't want to overuse this word, but be honestly, it's a hoot. I mean, it really is. It's a good family night of fun. There's good slapstick. There's good. I mean, these two actors get the wrestle. That's worth the price of admission right there. All right? And so there's good comedy. There's That's some probably nice why situation. they signed up. <laughs> I try not to give too much during the auditions, yes. So that sort of play and, and what we're doing right now, you, I mean, we're smiling here, you know, talking amongst ourselves, and that's what's going to happen at this play. And so it's going to be a good time for all. All right. Well, we want to thank the director and the cast members from the Beverly Hillbillies for stopping by and joining us for the Speaking for Him podcast. Make sure that you log on to masterarts.org for more information, including show dates and ticket prices. And I hope to see many of you uh, come out and support the theater. Uh, we are very blessed in West Michigan to have Master Arts here. There aren't a whole lot of Christian community theaters available and uh, I'm just so blessed to have found them many years ago and that they've become such an important part of my life. And I just hope that more and more people will find out about it and bring their friends. And also, a word of warning is that Master Arts is a very small venue. I think sold out um, is like 100 people. So when you're talking about getting your seats, you may look at it and say, well, there's 16 performances or whatever it is. I have plenty of time to get my seats. Um, but I know that they're going fast. They already, I'm pretty sure, um, have sellouts or close to sellouts. So make sure that you, uh, after you get done listening to this podcast, that you call Master Arts and they will be glad to reserve you 
tickets for this show. And also, you can get information on future Master Arts productions as well. So with that, I will say again, thank you guys for stopping by. We, we're glad to have had you. And I would like to encourage you all um, to continue to enjoy this podcast. Thanks for stopping by every Friday. For those who are listening from the Master Arts website, I want to just let you know that I do have a podcast every Friday. And I'd like to have you listening each week. With that, I will just say have a great weekend. And as I always say, keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at Facebook.com slash Speaking for Him and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.